Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shot in the Dark. I am your host, John Ceno Evil here. Let's get right down to it. Start with Impact Wrestling. On um, before the Impact, Laredo Kid defeated Jack Price. Jay Chung, the wife of Josh Alexander, also known as Jennifer Chung, made her debut here as the ring announcer as Laredo Kid gets the pin after hitting a top rope moonsault. On to the main show, Brian Myers and Moose defeated Bupinder Gujar and Yuya Uramura after Moose hit Bupinder with a spear. Gia Miller asked Steve Macklin backstage why he teamed up with Champagne Singh and Shira, and he said as a champion, people are after him, so he needs people to have his back, and said there's no one dumb enough to team with PCO tonight in the six-man tag team. We see Detective Dango backstage trying to figure out who attacked Santino last week as Joe Henry appeared, appeared to help him. Dango thinks that it's Mike Tanay, but Henry thinks that it's Trey Miguel. Uh, Dango said he loves him, and he tries to hug Henry. Pretty funny here. We see pictures of, like, Tony Chimmel, Tyler Breeze on here as well. It definitely gives me vibes of the Fashion Police stuff that um, Breeze Angle used to do in WWE, but obviously Breeze is, I guess, working with WWE in some capacity now, so it looks like Joe Henry has taken that role for him. Sammy Callahan defeated Khan by disqualification. It was supposed to be Diener in this match, but Diener gets on the mic and says that when Callahan accepted the challenge, the challenge was against Khan and not himself. As Callahan had the match won, Diener summoned about 20 of his yellow-hooded minions to come in and attack Callahan, and then Diener ended it by taking Callahan out with his bat. We go back to Dango and Henry, where they're interrogating Trey Miguel, and Trey says that Dango has more to gain from attacking Santino, so maybe it's him. And they go to see if Trey is missing any hair as he just kind of gets up and walks away. We see another interview with Nick Aldis conducted by Jimmy Jacobs, who talks about what his intention here is, is an impact, and Aldis says that he's in the hunt for the world title shot. Uh, and he will prove himself by working his way up the ladder and not just ask for the title shot. Then Kenny King interrupts and Aldis says that he would be his first match back. Jody Threat defeated Alicia Edwards easily after hitting the F416. The Motor City Machine Guns get interviewed where Chris Saban says that he'll become the nine-time X Division champion after he beats Trey Miguel under siege. And Alex Shelley says that since he's uh, busy, he's going to go ahead and become... He's heard that he's the greatest wrestler in Impact history to never win the world title, so he's going to go after that now. We have part of the sit. We have uh, the second part of the sit down interview with Frankie Kazarian, where he talks about being out of impact and teaming with Christopher Daniels and reinventing himself in the Indies, and he talks about how he linked up with the Young Bucks and Cody Rose to launch AEW. But he says that it was time to bet on himself, though, and leave there and come back to Impact, and that's why he's here. We're gonna get part three of this on the next episode of Impact. PCO and his two mystery partners, who ended up being Heath and Rhino, defeated Steve Macklin, Champagne Singh, and Shira. Macklin tried to escape out of this match, but Gord but got gored by Rhino and Singh tried to pay off PCO, but it failed as Heath hit the wake up call followed by the PCO assault by PCO for the pen on Singh. The Coven put a spell on Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo ahead of their match next week, and, and they lit a candle and say, says that when it disappears, so will Grace and Perrazzo. Rosemary and Jessica summoned Father James Mitchell to help them go to the Undead Realm, but Rosemary told Jessica that she can't go with them as we see Mitchell and Rosemary enter the Undead Realm. Jonathan Gresham defeated Mike Bailey in their fourth encounter as they both got a win to start, but in their third match ended on no contest when Trey Miguel uh, attacked both of them, so another great match is expected until Gresham locked in the octopus stretch as Bailey tapped out after 13 minutes as he goes to join the best of the Super Juniors in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Sammy Callahan asked Rich Swan to help for some help against the design, but Swan was undecided on this. Steve Macklin tells Scott Demore that he wants to take care of Rhino, so Demore makes a match next week for the title, Macklin defending against Rhino. And an ending segment of the show was the debut of Trinity, the former Naomi. They built us up plenty throughout the show as well as on social media, and they called it a milestone in their history. Trinity had a very similar entrance to her Naomi with the glow phase here, dancing around the ring with the lights and everything. Definitely great reaction here from the Chicago crowd, and she got a little bit emotional in the beginning. She said that there's a reason why she chose Impact is they have the most storied women's division in wrestling and mentions Awesome Kong, Gil Kim, Mickey James, Diana Perrazzo, and Jordan Grace 
She says she's here to win the championship, which prompts Deanna to come out. Deanna welcomes Trinity, but says that when she steps in the ring with her, it's not something that she can just walk out on, referring to what she did in WWE. And then Trinity comes back saying that when Deanna steps in the ring with her, she's going to wish that she would get fired again is what is what happened to Deanna in WWE as well. This prompts Jordan Grace to come out and says that before they get carried away, Trinity should come find her as she will win the title at Under Siege. And Trinity tells them to handle their business Under Siege. And whoever, whoever wins that match will get to dance with her. We go to ROH on Honor Club. We start with a pure rules match here as Rocky Romero defeated Lee Moriarty after making him summon to an armbar, uh, even with Moriarty's leg in the ropes as he ran out of the rope breaks. This is the second match from their first match last week, so it looks like we should be getting a rubber match soon. We have a Ring of Honor Women's World Title Proving Ground match as Athena defeated Angelica Risk, who's making a Ring of Honor debut. Athena gets a submission victory rather easily with a crossface after hitting a gory bomb into the knees. And after the match, Athena hit Sky Blue's finisher, the Skyfall, to Risk on the title belt, sending a message to Blue. Samoa Joe defends the television championship against Christopher Daniels. Good five-minute match here with Joe hitting the muscle buster on Daniels for the pin in what I think is their 26th singles match. We have a Ring of Honor World Championship match here as Claudio Castagnoli defeated Robbie Eagles, making his ROH debut. Great match here. One of the best I've seen in this whole Honor Club era with Claudio putting on the straight jacket at the end, lifting Eagles up into the Ricola bomb for the pin to retain. Definitely check out this match. We get an interview with Sky Blue challenging Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. And then we have a 10-person match as Chuck Taylor, Trent Beretta, Action Andretti, Darius Martin, and Stu Grayson defeated Matt Taven, Mike Bennett, Josh Woods, Tony Nese, and Ari Davari. And on top of that, we even had Alex Reynolds, Eva Uno, John Silver, Maria Canellis Bennett, and Mark Sterling all ringside here. So that being said, this match was a bit all over the place. The Righteous even come out towards the end. They stare down Grayson, who gets held back by the Dark Order. They tell him to go back into the ring, but as this is happening, Andretti hits a neckbreaker on Davari for the pen. So yeah, a little mix of everything in this match. Athena gets interviewed backstage by Dasha, and she kept calling her Lexi instead. And then she challenged Sky Blue for next week. She accepted the challenge, and then she kind of makes a couple of, uh, I guess, uh, derogatory terms to Sky Blue using her uh, assets and her sexuality to try to get ahead in wrestling. Preston Vance defeated Rich Adonis easily after hitting the discus lariat. Action Andretti and Darius Martin were trying to be interviewed backstage about their win tonight, but they get attacked by the Kingdom, who tell them, welcome to ROH. Sky Blue defeated Robin Renegade after hitting the Skyfall, as commentary mentions her being undefeated in the Honor Club. Brian Cage defeated Brock Anderson in Brock's ROH debut. Easy win here from Cage, hitting the drill claw for the pen. Willow Nightingale defeated Steph Delander, also making her Ring of Honor debut. Uh, we get another rap from Caprice and Ian here, and Nigel got, actually got mad at Ian for stepping over Bobby Cruz's introduction with the rap, and they even brought up Delander's time. And in the indies, being the muscle for Matt Cardona, they even mentioned GCW at one point. Short but hard-hitting match here with Willow hitting a spinebuster to get the pin. And in the main event, Angelico uh, and Commander went one-on-one with Commander getting the pin here in a crazy fast-moving match. Commander hits a running shooting star um, off the ropes onto the onto Angelico for the pin here. And after the match, Serpentico, who was ringside, kept attacking Commander along with Angelico until Orange Cassidy and Bandito ran out for the save. We go to Women of Wrestling Superheroes. Vicky Lynn McCoy defeated Foxy Fierce after catching her rearview attempt and hitting a released German suplex for the pin. Leia Makoa and Tika Chamorro of the Island Dynasty defeated Las Bandidas, Silvio Chances, and Vivian Ferreira, with Chamorro pinning Rivera after being splashed down to her by Makoa. BK Rhythm defeated Jesse Jones in under a minute after Jones was distracted by her son Levi, who was in the crowd yelling at her, uh, reasoning that Jones is still injured, and her son told her not to wrestle, but she did instead and lost here quickly. And in the main event here, Coach Campanelli defeated the disciplinarian with some help from Randy Rawa blowing her whistle, causing disciplinarian to get rolled up by Coach for the pen, and as a result, Randy Rawa was supposed to get five minutes in the ring with Samantha Smart, but Smart kept running away from Randy, running around the ring until Disciplinarian tossed some of her eraser dust into the face of Randy as the heels made the escape to end the show. 
On NWA USA, we have a pair of Crockett Cup qualifying matches, the first one being the Spectaculars defeating Eric Jackson and Rolando Freeman with Homicide as a special guest referee. So obviously Rolando being uh, tied here with the Spectaculars, there was some uh, animosity, I guess, towards these two teams. And Rolando kept getting in Homicide's face for the match. And when Rolando didn't get off the top rope, Homicide knocked him off as Brady Pierce covered Rolando and Homicide makes the quick count for the win. Angelina Love defeated Kylie Page after hitting the Botox injection, and the other Crockett Club qualifying match was Judas, uh, sorry, Judas and Maxi Impaler defeated Gags the Gimp and Sal the Pal, who are still using the miserably faithful name, and then Danny Dills in commentary says that Father James Mitchell doesn't care about the name, and they could have it, and if he ever wants it back, he can get it back. And also earlier in the show, Sal the Pal kept calling himself Salvation in the backstage segment, but he didn't use it for this match, so I'm not sure if he's transitioning into that name now that his head is shaved. Max gets the pan on Gags the Gimp to advance in the Crockett Club. On NWA Power, we have a World Television Championship match here as Tom Latimer and EC3 went to 605 time limit draw, and the fans chanted for more, but Billy Corgan, who was ringside, says there will be no more. They also announced that this Saturday, instead of the NWUSA show, we will see matches from NWA Triple uh, A that happened in Mexico City for the World as a Vampire Tour. Uh, so check that out. I know Triple A has already put some of the matches up, but I guess this will be with the NWA commentary. Gabble the Clown defeated Ricky Morton after messing with him, doing some magic tricks, using his feet for leverage to get the quick pen. And then Ricky was always, was already worried on his way out as his son, Kerry, didn't come out with him. But after the match, Kerry comes out and he seems all confused. Uh, that looks kind of like he forgot. So it looks like they might be leading to something between the father and the son here. Bully Ray came out for an interview and he started to apologize to, Dam- to Tom Latimer uh, for the 312 pay-per-view and getting him disqualified. He said that he was being honest, but he uh, but Latimer has a job, has a problem getting to his own head. He says he believes in Latimer, though, and he asked the crowd if they do, and they all agree. He told Latimer to keep it cool, and one day he'll be NWA World Champion. This prompts Daisy Kill to come out and interrupt Bully. He starts singing a song disrespecting Bullies, and then Bully starts singing back himself, and it ends up challenging him to a match that Bully won in about 8 seconds after hitting a rock bottom, but he continues to start singing as well. Tyrus and Chris Adonis versus Blunt Force Trauma ended in a double countout. After Aaron Stevens interfered, he gets put in the master lock by Adonis, and Tyrus is on the outside fighting carnage and damage as they all get counted out. Uh, the story here is still that Tyrus is trying to get Chris Adonis to be his partner for the Crockett Cup. On level up, Oro Mensa defeated Kel Dixon after hitting a spinning heel kick in the corner. Boa gets interviewed backstage and says that he was injured for over a year, and it was hard for him to sit and watch everyone else, but now he's back to show everyone who he is. Thea Hale defeated Lola Vice with a cravat driver as Duke Hudson was ringside cheering her on. And Eddie Thorpe defeated Boa with his running, jumping, elbow drop, whatever he wants to call it. Um, I know the BDE wasn't too impressed with this on Up Next this week. On WWE Main Event, Piper Niven defeated Dana Brooke after dodging Brooke, jumping off the top rope and hitting her with a boss man slam. And free agent Mustafa Positive Ali defeated Akira Tozawa after hitting a 450 on Tozawa's leg and making him submit with a half crab uh, on the same leg and a pretty good match from these two. That is it for me this week. You guys can catch me here next week for another episode of Shot in the Dark. (laughs) 